Hey Universe, welcome back to Power and Grace Radio. This is your host, JJ. This episode, Spencer and I will be on the weightlifting side of things. We'll be talking about some current events, as well as how to kick off a weightlifting program in your gym and what type of programming may be needed for that. And we'll finish it off talking about Spencer's Daily Dose, his new program that's getting some hype. Enjoy. Mr. Arnold, what's going on? Hey, man, what's going on? Uh, Here we have rainy weather in both locales right now because I'm in Dallas and I'm underwater. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be the the recipient of at least the tail end of the the second hurricane to hit Tallahassee area. The first hurricane being the Miami Hurricanes. Oh, um, <laughs> that was a very was that a cheesy sports joke. <laughs> that was a cheesy sports joke about how terrible FSU is at football. Oh man, Bobby Bowden is so sad. Ah, I should have made some. Ah, you beat me to it. I should have made something about the Red River flooding sooner joke, but I wasn't. I wasn't fast enough. Yeah, poor Sooners, poor, poor Sooners. So bad. Baker Mayfield must be crying. Uh, yeah, right. All right. Um, <laughs> good yeah, start. Where'd a good start? <laughs> College yeah. football. College football start. Yeah, we just jump into one of those episodes. We that, That's the problem is that I could easily fill our time here quickly, especially this year. Yeah, in fact, there's going to be two SEC teams in the college football playoff. Is that what you're going to fill your time with? I mean, not me. I'm, I'm over in Big 12 country just loving offense like we do, you know? Uh, the Big 2 plus 10. That's great. <laughs> um, te- Texas. Well, really, really, now, yeah, really it is now the Big 2 plus 10. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Texas, just half, big Texas is half of a team and Oklahoma is half a team. So together you got that. Them in West Virginia is great. Right. Okay, we're still mourning our little, you know, we, get, we just have to end up off our high of TCU every year. Like, we, we just get preseason hopes and then let them fade away. Bang! Bang. Uh, no, this episode, we're actually going to talk weightlifting. We had so much go on with the uh, the functional fitness debacle of 218. We got to give it a name. Like, the day that story broke should have, like, a like a D-Day type name of everything. Like, Y2K, but, like, Y218 or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the day that Glassman lost his shit. Uh, but no, so we we've been talking a lot about that. So we want to move it over uh, back onto some platform side and and chat up about some weightlifting. Um, later on, I want to do want to talk about um, weightlifting programs and and gyms. You know, getting weightlifting program and starting weightlifting program. But right now, um, uh, we finished up our the American Open series. No, we didn't. Uh, well, with the final coming, what I mean. The final is coming, yes. Yeah, yes. I mean like the – I guess that – yeah, I mean the series is in the one, two, three, the qualifying yeah, gotcha. and the, the open gotcha. coming. Um, so we're like, a, we're, like a, we're like a couple years into this thing, and I know whenever they announced they were going to do this, we had some pros and cons. I want to hear what you think about it now. Same pros, same cons, except different outcomes on my end. So I went – uh, my an original con was there's going to be a lot of competitions that coaches now have to go to, and I said I'm not going to go to them. Well, I went to all of them, um, so it's a lot more travel for a coach, <laughs> which is terrible. Um, the the pros are a lot of national, not a lot of national opportunities to get on platforms, things like that. So um, I think overall. I think overall it's positive. I've had a lot of people compete on a national platform that didn't and or wouldn't have prior to that. Um, gave some qualifying opportunities, multiple qual- high-level qualifying opportunities to elite athletes. So 
we we certainly benefited from it in, in a real way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you see? I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. Do you see any any further changes they're going to make to this kind of setup going forward? Uh, I think we'll see special sessions that they're going to start designating in them. Um, meaning instead of like like if you go back and look at the AO3 in Vegas, it was like like all all weekend long, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there was really high level lifting. And that was great for a, um, like I do a bunch of really high level A sessions. That was great from a spectator standpoint. You got a weekend of, of good, um, competition. The problem was that every, with every A session that competed, the following sessions got, got the chance to like spend an evening getting ready for whatever they needed to hit. So we saw a lot of lifters go out, hit, hit some snatches, and then put the weight on the clean and jerk they needed to make a world team. Um, and, and they knew that number, you know, a day in advance. And so I think it's a little bit of an unfair advantage. I don't know. It's still an unfair – it's going to be an advantage either way to be a heavier one, a heavier weight class, but I think I'd rather that advantage come within minutes of people hitting it rather than within 24 hours. So um, I don't know if that'll happen, but we'll see. I think that'd be the one hope from an elite lifter standpoint. Um, that'd be my one, one, one hope to see. Put, put those people trying to qualify for, for international events in one session um, and let them go at it. So, uh, you know, I wasn't out there, but, you know, obviously we saw the stories about how many people were in Vegas. Um, it, was it too much to handle or you think that you know that number is fine as far as American Open Series goes I, I, they handled it well they handled it really well the hotel did a great job of handling that many people it was a Vegas hotel so no big deal um, I mean five platforms deep they had the biggest struggle they had was getting loaders and volunteers um, and they managed to pull that off and what was that warm up area uh, like Oh, it was sick. It was the best one, one of the best warm-up areas I've been oh, into. Nice. It, it was huge. I mean, it was ginormous. Um, and the training hall, I thought, would just be chaos. It wasn't. It was like 26 platforms in the training hall. Um, I mean, they just they went overboard and, and really made it high class and high quality, and it, it was. It was all of that. The only the only downside is you know, Vegas is expensive to, like, eat in. So, like, get, <laughs> getting food and stuff like that. I mean, that's just Vegas, though. It has nothing to do with the meat itself. Vegas, so, Vegas is expensive to do a lot of things in. Yeah, it's just expensive in general. Um, they didn't have a coffee pot in the room. <laughs> and so I had to go to Target and buy a, a $18 coffee pot to put <laughs> in my room. And then I just left it there. Um, so we're talking, about, we're talking about criticisms. That's how deep I have to go to criticize that event, that they didn't have a coffee pot in my room. There's one Starbucks in the whole whole hotel. So that so was like, their gig is to get you to go downstairs to buy it. Yeah, but but the line was like nine million people long, and so it was. All, I was like, I'm going to Target, and so I went to Target and bought a bunch of groceries and um, you know ate sandwiches and made my own coffee. So take that, Las Vegas. <laughs> made my own coffee. Love it. Um, all right. So what else is uh, what else is happening in weightlifting world? Uh, a lot of big events coming, man. Uh, and and for our team, we're we're going to be spread out over like three, four different events. So Jordan, you know, qualified and is competing in Turkmenistan, and man, like four weeks, uh, we'll be competing in Turkmenistan on the on the world team. The youngest member of the world team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
I believe she's the youngest. Meredith may be close, but she's she's close to the youngest. Um, you know, she she did a great job. Went six for six. Had outstanding meet at, in Vegas and put herself in the fourth spot on the team. So that's good. Looking forward. Looking forward to Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan is a huge event for the weightlifting world because. It's the first attempt to sort of score and count Roby points, which are the qualifying points to qualify you for the Olympics. So this is really, really and truly the first shot to get on the board for qualifying for the Olympics. Um, so that's a big event for her. Um, and then you've got AO final in Milwaukee, which um, from Milwaukee in December. <laughs> it's like Spokane in October. It's great decisions. Like, I can, no, no. And so, so yeah, we're not, none of us are going to that. <laughs> like we originally, the whole team was going instead. Um, we were going to qualify for the Pan Ams. Um, we thought that was going to be the last Pan Am qualifier, but USA weightlifting has opened up a special session at junior nationals in February. So now we're going to, was it Chicago in February, which is just as bad. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe worse. <laughs> Um, so we're going, most of us, most of the team is going to that and try and qualify for the Pan Am team pending. They get the invite to the special session. So some of them are going to have to hit a little local meet to get a high enough Roby score to get invited. Uh, and, and then after that, if they don't get invited to that, or we don't think it's beneficial. So someone like Shayla, um, who it'll be her second national meet, um, someone like her, we may skip the special session, even if she gets invited and go to the, the Arnold or to nationals and just sort of bank on the, the long training cycle to get better so um that's kind of what's happening in the world everybody's got their eyes right, right now everybody's got their eyes on the youth olympic games because it's happening as we speak um but really everybody's looking at Turkmenistan to see who shows up china's back there were a lot of a lot of teams that were not in the last one um and so america was insanely successful because of that we'll be i'll be able to get a real real kind of understanding of what's happening in the weightlifting world this this upcoming one because some of the sanctions have dropped so so now we uh get back in it uh all fair and square right well <laughs> I don't, part yeah. of me I, I, I will tell you this before i talked to phil andrews um you, you remember you remember watching the movie Waterboy, I, right i do and and Adam Sandler doesn't compete. And what's the guy say? Oh, no, we suck again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like originally that was my thought. I was like, well, all the all the big hitters are back. So like America's going to suck again. And and Phil kind of encouraged me to think of it that to look at the country's totals and some of the lifters that have competed, that they're not as high as they used to be. Now, like testing is legit or at least more legit or at least are more cautious of it. And so some of those people who were putting up such big totals, you know, drugged, um, are either staying there or coming down as they come off the, off the drugs. And so those numbers are going to start to even out. And with each international event, he said, you'll see more and more of an even playing field as those impacts starts to wane. Um, and then he's also said like, who's to say people don't get busted at the worlds and then they're sanctioned again. And so I was encouraged by him. He had a much bigger perspective than my pessimistic glass half empty idea. Um, he's done a, He's done a good job of keeping me um, engaged and level headed. So who knows? Everybody's looking at Turkmenistan right now. Probably the first time in its its history that everybody's been looking at that country. <laughs> Have you yeah. studied the headwear 
of Turkmenistan to see if there's any traditional male headpieces for the culture. Well, I'll, I'll be I'll go ahead and say it live on the air so Jordan doesn't uh, expose me to the world. And the, the my my current hat, the Uzbeki hat, I think I can't pronounce it. It's like papuka, or I can't pronounce it. What it's called, tapik. Tap, tap, anyway, um, my current <laughs> one is actually a female's hat. Um, ah, the, okay. the male hat is only black and white and it was lame. And I, I was like, well, if I'm going to wear this thing on my head, I'm going to at least let it be colorful. So I have looked at Turkmenistan, very similar style, very similar hat, but I'll be grabbing a female hat in Turkmenistan. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. So, um, don't push your gender roles on me. <laughs> Taking equality. Across seas, that's power and grace. There you go. That's power and grace's uh, mission right now. There you go. All right, so we're gonna we wanted to chat um, a little bit about weightlifting programs in um, in gyms, specifically. Like we we all know that there's you know CrossFit is the big um, the big platform for weightlifting. You know how many how many weightlifters right now have that are on a national stage have come. Because either through a CrossFit gym or because they they still do train in a CrossFit gym, just because it makes sense. Um, and I was at a local meet here in Dallas this week. Um, I've been to it several times, and it's like every time you go to something like this, sometimes it gets to be the exact same coaches bringing the same people, and over and over. I mean, you'll see some new some new people, new young weightlifters, obviously, but it seems on on repeat. I don't feel like I see just a ton of new stuff going on. So, so why do you think there, there's kind of a lack of, 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 um, of new clubs or weightlifting clubs jumping up or even an inside of CrossFit gyms and, you know, new weightlifting programs? Uh, I think, I think, I think there's probably three reasons there are a lack thereof or lack of sustainability of those. One is intimidation. Um, just, just in general, coaches are know the complexity of the lifts and they see the intelligence level of some of the weightlifting coaches out there. Um, and they just don't think they measure up. So as a result, they they just don't they don't put forth a program that they don't think that they can be confident in. Um, so I, I would say that's probably reason one. Reason two is that it's not designed in a structure that is sustainable to the average daily like one hour warrior um, who's looking to just come in and get their hour in and leave, and maybe will, would be interested in lifting and would want to do some lifting, but doesn't have you know two and a half hours to do it. Um, and so they don't know how to structure our plan that is both fitable to that time and at the same time um, shows measured results. And then three, they just don't um, they don't have a coach in the gym who is qualified enough uh, to be able to to te- technically handle the technique of that. And so again, back to the intimidation piece, they just feel underqualified um, and and don't and don't put a program forth. I think those are the really the three main reasons we've heard and seen. We're, we're kind of helping some people out there in, in different gyms conquer those. But um, that's I think that's the reason we don't see a bunch of weightlifting clubs, all of these CrossFit gyms. So you say you're, you're helping some people out with that. Um, like what, what are the main what are the main steps uh, that you're helping out um, overcome the obstacles for people trying to get a weightlifting program off the off the launch pad? Mm, good question. Uh, 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 what we've done is uh, uh, we have we have periodically we have gyms that contact us about drawing up a plan for their their barbell program. That's what they typically call it. Um, and we what we kind of do um, and what we have done is and I, and I, I'm just say I say this to say this is what we do. You don't necessarily need Power and Grace Performance to do this, but this is what we do for other gyms. 
we find out like, hey, what's your what's your population willing to do? Are they looking to add this as a supplement to their CrossFit, or you look, or do you have guys that only want to lift? And sometimes it's one or the other. Sometimes it's both. Either way, we set up a a plan based on that. So a great example: there's a gym that we help out that nobody really wants to take on lifting full time, but they do want to kind of do some extra lifting, and so we give them a program that's two days a week. Um, it's a two day a week lifting program. It's it's fittable within an hour. Um, it's exposure to both the lifts and some squats, and it happens inside of an hour. Um, and and they you know they have they have a morning and an evening option twice a week. Um, people can jump into that. The, the huge benefit um, financially to the gym for that is that you know when people get bored, and inevitably everybody gets bored, they have a way to kind of sort of tease out their boredom. And and maybe it's just a twelve week cycle, and then they're back to CrossFit classes for for a while. Or you know maybe it's something that, that drives them to a full five day a week program. And so we have those as well. People that do a five day a week barbell program at like you know six thirty p.m. every day, and people attend that. Um, but basically, what we do is we write the program program based on their um, communities' needs and desires, and we make sure that it's built in a way to show measured, regular improvement and results. So that, that's kind of what we do. I would encourage Jim. Um, gym owners to be able to not just weightlifting, but offer other things than just a CrossFit class. Maybe it's a yoga class. Maybe it's a, cross, a weightlifting class. Maybe maybe it's a, a you know a, an endurance type class. Something that lets people scratch that itch of boredom of the same class structure day in and day out. Yeah, at Torva we have uh, we call them excursions, and they're they're typically uh, somewhere in that six week eight week range of different things and we try to get as creative of um weightlifting running um one of our most popular ones of all time was obstacle course prep like for a tough mutter we'd like sold that out um uh katie's uh katie's uh buff stuff is always a popular hit well hypertrophy buff stuff, buff stuff. This straight hypertrophy work just broing out over there in the corner, um, but members love it. Like absolutely, get involved. So, um, and I think that's also a really good way to see to gauge whether you need a weightlifting program or not. I think if you get in there, tell them, hey, this is going to be for six weeks for those of you who want to do it, and then you can gauge that interest level. Well, right off the bat, you know, you I mean you're going to have to push a little bit and explain it, but once they're in there. You know, you have to see if that interest after that is going to be, hey, like, you know, who who wants to keep going with this? And, you know, how much do you like this? And maybe you run a couple of them, you know, do a six-week cycle, wait three or four months, do it again. And then if they're still so them out, now you have an interest. You know you have that, that profile to run it. Even if it is, like you said, maybe it's just a couple nights a week that they add on to their membership. But it's also revenue for the gym. It doesn't have to be – I think a lot of gym members – I think a lot of gym owners see it as a headache, right? They're going to have an extra class to coach. Um, but it can be revenue if they, if they build it right. And it's also uh, like member retention security. So yeah. if I'm looking for a weightlifting class, I'm looking for to learn a little more about weightlifting. And I know the gym down the street offers that, but they're not very good at CrossFit, right? Like they don't do good, very good CrossFit. Right. Or maybe they don't do CrossFit at all. They just do general fitness, right? Um, but I go down there like twice a week, sign up for their barbell class. And then all of a sudden I'm like, man, I can, you know, like I can endure their classes because of their barbell. And next thing you know, you lose a member because they chased or pursued what you're not offering at your gym. So I think it's member retention security too. So you, um, and you mentioned the hour and you know how to fit it in. Um, even if it's a few times a week, um, you have your new, 
uh, daily dose program, and I, I've seen a couple of people hopping on that. Uh, daily dose, baby. The daily dose. So basically, uh, so basically, it's an, it's it's proof that you can get fit in an hour. Yes, yes, it is. It's it's proof that you can get a good lifting session, get fit, um, improve your overall general fitness, and also maybe your aesthetics. Um, in one hour a day, and I, if I can do it with my conditioning levels, anybody can do it. <laughs> so, and so, yeah, there's two there's two different programs. There's the daily dose bent bent with a strength bent, and then there's the daily dose with a conditioning bent. And basically, it's it's um, some sort of lifting auxiliary, some sort of lift, um, following that auxiliary. And then there's you know either if you're on the strength end, there's some sort of upper, lower, or midline. Um, basically a bodybuilding work um though it kind of works through all the phases it doesn't just stay in hypertrophy um and so that you know so for instance you may do a, a snatch complex or you might do a snatch balance and then do a snatch complex and then do you know some upper body um like si- single joint or, or double joint exercises right um and then on the conditioning end it's similar right you may do it you'll do some sort of lift on the auxiliary some sort of lift and you'll follow that with some sort of short, high-intensity, um, you know, conditioning piece. So it might be a snatch balance followed by a snatch complex followed by a, um, you know, an, an eight-minute AMRAP with a upper body, um, body weight focus, something like that. So we got some people who've jumped on that and they're doing that and seen some pretty good success with that. Um, it, again, designed to be start to finish in an hour. Man. I'm I'm so on on board with the uh, the reduction of time movement. Like I feel like it's swung so far the other way. It's getting absurd. Like you know, just hours and hours of training, and I was like, I just don't have that desire to want to train for two and a half hours most days. Well, it's not necessary. Right, right. But that's, that's the thing is like, you, it's like it's not necessary. Right. Well, most people like it's just in the head now. They just see everybody like, well, I, you know, obviously I need to do all these things every day, or I'm not going to be good at it. That's Rich's fault. <laughs> is, is it? I mean, that's what started. Oh, look, they work out seven hours a day. They just ride on a whiteboard and then they eat some Oreos and do it again. <laughs> eat some Oreos. Uh, now he cons- now he's concerned with his nutrition. I don't know if you saw. He's he's on I, a certain I, program that now he's actually for the first time in his life thinking about it. Um, no, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, go good for Ridge because that he can do it, and he that was his job all day. But like, I, I guess I guess it was the the follow up of like people not realizing that that that's not what is needed to like. I just see I see. I mean. Like at some point, there's people that I just see on the other end of the spectrum. I'm like, this is doing you harm. This is not doing you good. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah, broke. I agree. And for most people, um, they they have such a poor backdrop or poor um, exposure to the Olympic lifts that doing a you know 30 minutes a day of the Olympic lifts three or four times a week is is like well, way way more than enough. You know, right? Um, and so they'll they'll get they'll get more than enough exposure to the Olympic lifts that on the you know twelve weeks, sixteen, eighteen weeks later they'll have a massive massive growth. So all right, so you have we have that you have your your the the daily dose added out, and we we talked a little bit about launching up on on gym programs uh, and, and how to work through that, um, and that's kind of on, on two different sides. Is that when you're when you're working with a gym? Um, and that hour, what are you, what are you doing to try to figure out like, 
Um, like what sets up, what sets the programming apart depending on their goals? Like, uh, if it's just a general CrossFit gym wanting a program as opposed to someone who's actually maybe trying to build something to attract a little more competitive program, or maybe they're trying to get youth a program started. I think they both start the same place, like a general interest program. We're going to run a six, eight, 12 week cycle, um, you know, twice, three times a week, whatever their membership can sustain. And then, then you see, and you kind of do post, post cycle evaluations like, Hey, who liked that? Who didn't, who would want to do another one? Who would want to do more of this? Right. You kind of see who comes out of the woodwork first and then you evaluate what you've got. And then you meet you, then you, you know, then what we would, what we would do is then look at those post, you know, post cycle, um, evaluations and say, all right, we, we don't really have anybody or enough space to warrant the investment of a five day competitive program. So we're going to stick with this three day a week, you know, one hour a day thing until we do. Um, and you know, if there's one person that wants something that's five, you know, we can, we provide ways to supplement what they're doing to, to give them what they're looking for. But in, until you have a, a, a big enough part of your population that's interested in a true competitive program, I don't know that you, I don't know that you create it. It's not, this isn't filled with dreams, right? If you build it, they won't actually come. No. Um, so if you build this like monstrosity, perfect looking barbell competitive class, like, all right, three, two, one, let's go. Like they don't, they don't walk out of corn stalks and into your gym. <laughs> um, it doesn't actually work that way. You start within, right? You start with what, what the members want and then let them, and let them spread it and just cater to what they need and what they desire rather than force them into what you want, which is most often what it is. It's a, a head coach or a gym owner that wants to have a competitive program. And so he makes one rather than listening to his members and, and, and sort of catering to their needs. So if we just have like a population that just enjoys the weightlifting part and they want to use that for their fitness, um, do you think it's important that they like encourage their members to eventually do a competition or maybe it's even like some sort of in-house meet so they, they see that, that end or is it not necessary? I, I would say simulate a meet in-house first. Um, give them the give them the opportunity in, a, in the least low stress way to stand in front of their peers that they've worked out with for how many weeks they're confident around. Stand in front of their peers, lift a barbell, kind of be transparent in that way, um, and then and then let them decide if they love it or not. Right? What got me to a weightlifting platform was the coach that put me on a competition platform. I didn't want to be. I didn't have any desire to be. But the second I did that, that first lift and the adrenaline and the exposure, I was hooked, right? And I would have never known that if I had not been given the opportunity. And so I'd say stay as little low stress as possible, create the environment in-house um, against, you know, with peers that they have been, you know, training with for however long. And then see who, who that maybe sparks an interest in and wants to do some real competition, some bigger ones. If you do a simulated in-house competition, you don't even have to sanction it, right? Like it doesn't have to be a U.S. weightlifting sanctioned event. It doesn't even have to have real judges, right? Like you can you can just do the one judge and give them an opportunity to be sort of exposed to the competition and feeling and environment. Yeah, I feel like on the on the CrossFit side, it's so easy because you know annually we have the open, and even at my gym we do a competition on the opposite side. We just finished up one that was like our Torva club championship that's in-house only. And as soon as people do that, of course, you know, half of them are like, Oh, well, can we go do that? They're, they're finding competitions. They want to go do, you know, scaled CrossFit comps and they're, they, and then they're fired up at the gym. Uh, and I think weightlifting misses that sometimes of like, 
you know, there's a, there's a gap. So I like the idea of the in-house. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. So, um, I did, uh, we did ask a little, a little question on Instagram and we got some, I asked way too late. It was like 20 minutes ago until I got the idea of like, Hey, I should see if anybody has any questions out on Instagram. Um, but since we have a little bit of remaining time, I did get some fun ones. Um, Chris, Chris underscore CFR wants to know um, if his wife will ever outlift him. <laughs> uh, that's Chris Bounce, and I'm fairly certain she already does. <laughs> yes, pretty sure she already. She did a ten. She did ten sets of one last week of one of one back squat with a ten second descent. She did that at 275 pounds. 10, uh, 10 seconds. 10 seconds, bro. And it was legit. I counted every one. That's long enough to really contemplate what you're doing with your life. 10 seconds down with 275. I, there is a, a very small percent of the male population that can do that. God. And I'm pretty sure Chris Mounts isn't in it. I would get frustrated 10 seconds of an air squat down. No, I mean, no joke. Ten <laughs> seconds so down, air squat is not easy. She doing two seventy five. She's a monster. All right, so that that definitely answers Chris's question. Uh, the other yeah. one that I wanted to hit into here was um, Mayberg wanted to know uh, when the next Texas weightlifting clinic's coming. As soon as you want it, bro. It's all yours. You tell me when, tell me where, and I'll be there. <laughs> I know. I got to bring you back to the. I don't your... take any. I'll take any excuse to come to Dallas or Texas in general. Most American place on the in the country. Let's bring it on in. Let's come on. We'll, we'll maybe we need to maybe we need to set that up. Get a, get a little weightlifting buzz around here. Set something up. Yeah, I would. Man, I would. I would, would love it. I love that. Love that city. Love that state. Um, it's not hard to convince my wife to go back to to Texas. Perfect. So we'll get it all set up. All right. Uh, that about wraps us up for today. Um, anything else you want to add on there? Weightlifting. Um, we, we, yeah, just, if you're into weightlifting and you're watching power and grace, um, man, we, we, we are actively trying to find ways to help you guys out more. Um, we're trying to release little three day programs, things like the daily dose. We've got, you know, our lifters kind of doing demo, demo videos and, and videos on auxiliary exercises. Like we're, we're trying to do everything we can to help the weightlifting community with articles and things like that. Um, and in a, in a real sense, um, we want to be sort of a, an opportunity. We want to be a, a sounding board for you guys. So if you're listening to this and there's things that you don't know or you want us to write a blog about or – um, you, 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 there's a, you have a program idea that you'd love to see created, man, throw it at us. Don't be shy. Um, we're trying to find ways right now. Um, weightlifting is kind of our, is, is by far one of our most successful things we do. And we're trying to find ways to give back the community that has really support us well. And so if you've got ideas or questions or any of that, man, um, send them our way. We will, we will do everything we can to answer them and answer them well. And hopefully, I mean, give you everything you need to be successful in the sport. So um, please, 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 please don't be shy. All right. Again, uh, we can always be found at Power and Grace Performance anywhere that we need to be. Are you on the road right now? I feel like, are you traveling? I am, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you're in a train right now. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's because a giant tractor trailer got really close. <laughs> that's, that's podcasting pro right there. Yeah, he got he got really close. I took some of the back roads, so I didn't have to get on the interstate because I knew that would be loud. Uh-huh. So, 
Here we are. Here I finally we, had to get on the interstate. Here we are. That's okay. Um, I guess the next one is going to be uh, – we're going to be all in person. Man, um, yeah. So if, you, if you're paying attention to us, you're watching Instagram, last weekend of October, ev- almost I think all but maybe two, maybe three people um, I, I, in our program. So everybody, every weightlifter, every crossfitter um, are, is coming to, coming to Georgia for a training camp. Um, I'm sure it's going to be just as much as much shenanigans as there are training. So it'll be some good stuff. Absolutely, I'm going to be going to be all over it. Both both fields of those. Well, maybe not so much training. I'll do something. We'll do, but the shenanigans part. I'm in. I'm, I'm already prepping. I, I ran two miles on the runner yesterday. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to get it locked down so I can at least hang with a couple people. Oh man, yes. Cannot wait for that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be All fun. Right. All right, man. Well, that was good, and uh, we'll see everyone next time. Yes, sir. Hey, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. We really appreciate the support. If you've got any questions about weightlifting programming, CrossFit programming, or even how to get nutrition in your gym, just reach out to us at Power and Grace Performance on social media platforms, or you can head to our website powerandgraceperformance.com, and we'll get you taken care of. See you next time.